in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come to glorify your Son, so that your Son may glorify you, and through the power over all mankind that you have given him, let him give eternal life to all those you have entrusted to him. And eternal life is this, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth and finished the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, it is time for you to glorify me with that glory I had with you before ever the world was. I have made your name known to the men you took from the world to give me. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now at last they know that all you have given me comes indeed from you, for I have given them the teaching you gave to me, and they have truly accepted this, that I came from you, and I believe that it was you who sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you, all I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and in them I am glorified. I am not in the world any longer, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Law. The first reading situates us within the week that lies between the ascension of the Lord and the descent of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Nine days of waiting, nine days of continuous prayer, the first novena of the church. The word novena is actually derived from the Latin root novem, which simply means nine. After the rigors of the Lenten fast and penance and the feasting of Easter, these nine days seem to be a most welcome respite from all the liturgical hustle and bustle for those who have been engaged. But it can also be annoying for those who feel an itch for more activity and hate the idleness which they associate with prayer in all things churchy. For the latter, prayer doesn't seem to count as a fruitful activity. Real Christians should be out on the streets working not confined in their rooms like cowards praying. But is prayer a cop-out for those who shirk their social responsibilities? Is it idle activity for those who are unable or unwilling to take responsibility to resolve their own issues? Now, why would our Lord ask these disciples to wait and pray? Let's go back to that first novena between our Lord's ascension and the descent of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Put yourself in the middle of this frightened and confused band of apostles and disciples. They had seen the Lord suffer and die, but then he rose and appeared to them, demonstrating his power. He commissioned them to carry the message of eternal and abundant life before ascending into heaven, leaving them with marching orders. Icons of the scene shows the disciples with their feet and bodies facing outwards ready to take the gospel beyond the borders of Judea, 
to Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. But then the Lord also told them to take pause, to not leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for what the Father had promised. If some of you may think that novenas are superstitious activities for the simple-minded who still believe in two fairies and Santa Claus, remember that the first novena was ordered and instituted by none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That first novena would be the prototype for all other novenas. What would have happened if they had given up and left? We can only speculate. If they had left, they would never have been present to experience the Pentecost. And without the Pentecost, the gospel would not have been carried to the ends of the earth. In fact, the entire New Testament may never have been written and the church would not exist today. Imagine that. But the persistence of Christ's followers and his mother to wait for the promise ended in fulfillment. On the Feast of Pentecost, tongues of fire appeared on each of their heads declaring the coming of the Holy Spirit and the church was born. The lesson learned from the first novena instituted by the Lord is that prayer is about waiting. Prayer requires faith. Faith requires patience. And patience requires waiting upon the Lord. To wait patiently for God is to trust in God's unfailing love for us. To wait upon the Lord is to recognize that He is our Lord and Master. How God does His will is up to Him. We cannot control God or tell Him how to accomplish His plan. He will do His will in His way. Prayer is not a sign of weakness. Prayer is a conscious choice of admitting that we can't do it alone. It is an act of vulnerability that connects us to God and others. It puts us in a position of strength, not weakness. One of the greatest and most damaging lie that we can believe is that we can do it on our own. Prayer dispels that lie and frees us to lean on someone else when it seems unbearable or impossible. But waiting on God can be the most difficult and perhaps the most confusing part of the prayer process. We live in a world of instant everything. We value speed. This is true not only in our culture at large, but in our spirituality and prayer. We rush to our prayers because we have other more urgent matters to attend to. We look for the shortest masses. The quicker, the better. Many rush off immediately after communion or before the final blessing and announcements. Yes, waiting in prayer is not an easy kind of prayer to practice. When we pray, we want to see results. We want to see them now. And if that answer doesn't seem to be forthcoming, we begin to wonder if God has abandoned us or if he really cares about us at all. We fail to recognize that when you treat prayer as if you have the right to tell God how to do his work, you will be disappointed. God does not take instructions. We wait. He doesn't. But when you realize that God's ways are not your ways, that his ways are superior to your ways, you will not be thrown off balance when circumstances seem to be leading you away from God's will rather than towards it. Something happens to us in this kind of waiting. There is purpose in waiting. 
Waiting on God forces us to look to him. We are brought to attention. The prayer of waiting draws us into a place of stillness and quietness before God, where we open our hearts to listen and receive the good gifts of guidance, wisdom and blessing. Waiting in prayer expands our hearts to accept God's will instead of pushing for our own agenda. When we wait with hope, it is like sitting in the dark of night before the first rays of, of dawn appear. We know that dawn will come, yet we cannot hurry it. We can watch and wait with hope to receive the first lights with joy. Waiting gives God the opportunity to redefine our desires and align our purposes and vision with His. What appears from the earth perspective to be a delay on God's part is really the time when God is working behind the scene, beyond our senses. During the waiting time, we are operating by faith. Trials cause us to persevere by deepening our knowledge of God and relying on Him more intentionally. That is why in the midst of our daily frenzied activities, our Christian life needs to include time of contemplation and prayer to simply be with God in the stillness and to wait upon Him in loving anticipation of what He would do with us. Busy people may complain that they have no time, little time to pray. But in fact, the busier we are, the more t we should dedicate time to prayer. Waiting as an essential element of prayer helps us not to treat novenas and other special prayers as quick fixes. As Jesus told his disciples, we must pray for a long period before we see any results. Why? We don't know. As much as we grow impatient, we need to recognize that his timing is an astounding thing. What we do is that Jesus always has our back and he knows what's best. We mustn't become disheartened or give up saying novenas because we don't immediately see the fruits of our labor. The Blessed Virgin Mary and the apostles obeyed the Lord's instruction to wait and pray. And scripture tells us that their fidelity and vigilance finally paid off. May our waiting and our praying make us more open to receive the Holy Spirit and more capable of showing the grace of God in all that we are and all that we do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.